It's not right, Stubby said. That's all I have to say. It's just not right. Sunday morning and Stubby Jackson was trailing after me, complaining. Stubby, I know it's not right and you know it's not right. But what can you do about it? You told me they only need nine waiters to work a shift. Isn't that what you said? That's not the point, Juba, Stubby said. I'm the best waiter they got, and this is Saturday, so they're going to need the best. I should be one of the nine waiters. I was looking forward to working tonight because I need the money. Plus, I got the cleanest shirts. You want to stop and watch this street party for a while? I asked. It'll calm your nerves. Me working will calm my nerves, Stubby said. Mott Street was filled with people. There was a little band, an accordion, a drum, and a tuba, playing halfway down the block. Children were running through the crowds like ants, weaving in and out of the people selling meat pies and other foods from small carts. In front of the band, some men were putting out chairs in a big square. They're probably going to make some speeches or something, Stubby said. I don't want to hear any speeches. I don't know why people in New York City have to give so many speeches about how they want to change things. This is 1842, and if things haven't changed by now, they're not going to change. They're not about no speeches, I said. Those are Jews, and I think they're going to dance. You ever seen Jews dance? I live in New York, don't I? Stubby was pouting. Some men in the street were forming lines, nothing too straight, just as if they were walking in rows, very casual. Then the little band started up, first the drum, beating on a rhythm that seemed off at first, but I could feel it was three-eighths time. The men moved toward the center of the chairs as the people around them began clapping along with the drum. Without a signal that I could see, the men took each other's hands and swayed together in a small group, but when they separated, they were in a circle. Stubby, you see how they form that circle? They look out for each other. That's what the circle means. Stubby still had his mad face on. They all got jobs, I bet. The men danced together in the circle, first going one way and then reversing. They all knew the steps, when to stop, when to change direction, when to pause and let their hands go. The dance wasn't much in the way of steps, and the rhythm was strange to me. But what made it work was how happy they looked. I wonder if something special happened, or is that just the way they always look when they're doing that dance? I don't know anything about Jews, Stubby said. Except there's 150 things they don't eat. You know they won't touch oysters, right? That has nothing to do with us, I said. Lots of people don't eat oysters. I just like the way they dance. Why don't they dance with their women? The women will get into it after a while, I said. They don't touch the men, but they dance in circles like men do. I have never seen any Jewish people dancing and looking mean or sad. Maybe you should go over and dance with them. It'll cheer you up. Let's go on home, Stubby said. I don't want to see any happy people today. If you want me to, I'll get a stick and beat myself on the way. I said. Stubby mumbled something about people trying to stop his career, and then mumbled some more just to be mumbling. He had his ideas about becoming the most famous cook in the world. All his plans were laid out, and they seemed to be reasonable too. His big plan was to work at the Broad Street House restaurant, 
and learn how to make all the dishes there. And then he was going to move into another restaurant as an assistant to the chef. The way he had it figured, everything would take him four years to complete. And by the time he was 21, he would be the best cook in New York. I liked Stubby. I liked anyone with a plan. But I couldn't be sure of my own plans the way he was. Stubby would figure out things in secret and then spring them on people. We both worked for Jack Bishop, our landlord, whenever he needed us. And Stubby surprised us both one day when he whipped us up a batch of creamed smoked oysters. They were all right to me, but Jack thought they were just the most wonderful food he had tasted and went on about them for almost an hour until I thought Stubby was going to swell up and explode he was being so prideful. What I knew was Jack sold his smoked oysters to rich folks over on the west side, and he knew he could make some money selling creamed oysters in pots. Jack was a good man. He had been married for almost 30 years, and people told me that he almost drank himself to death when his wife died. They didn't have any children, and Jack lived alone on Baxter Street.